Hello, and welcome to a very special episode of Dev Party. You may notice there's no water running right now. We, oh, where are my manners? I am Eric, and over there <laughs> I'm is Vanya. Vanya, hey! <laughs> this is coming out during the hopefully height, but probably not height, of the coronavirus kerfluffle. Yeah, we just... Uh, been told that we should be sheltering in place in Los Angeles. Mm. And yesterday I decided to shelter kind of in place in my office. I destroyed it, took everything out of the room, and then brought everything back in. So basically <laughs> you're starving for some kind of creative something to do. Um, yeah, yeah, like nesting and cleaning and organizing and making it nice again. I, I hear that. I hear that. So... One of the things that you can do when when nesting in place is developing film, which is why we're here. But we got a message from a listener. Uh, he says, I know these are crazy times. There are a number of us film photographers that haven't developed their own film yet. What about doing a special dev party episode to lay out the details on how to develop and what is needed, the cheapest, most efficient way to get great results? And so we are going to do that today on a very special episode of Dev Party. Yes. <laughs> it's going to be very interesting because obviously there's no video to, to go with this. But No, this is probably the worst way to learn how to develop film. But we're going to do it anyway because <laughs> yes. this is all we do. Yes, it's challenging. It could be fun. It could be, and we're going we're gonna to point you in directions that could help you a little bit more. And of course, we're both available if you have questions. Yes. So why develop film? Um, I would say if you plan on shooting film regularly, you should learn how to develop yourself because it just makes financial sense. Oh, yeah. Uh, that doesn't mean you can't use labs for developing maybe the very important roles. And there is something to be said about supporting local businesses, including labs and photo stores. Uh, but I will say that I have probably saved thousands of dollars since home developing, and it really has opened me up to be able to shoot more. Uh, black and white is what we'll be developing today. We will be. Uh, it's, I mean, Eric is going to say that, that is, he started with color because he's a weirdo. I started with color because I didn't have a podcast to explain how easy it is to develop black and white. <laughs> and that's what well, we're here. And so you can learn salt. from my mistakes. <laughs> so what we're going to do is basically run you through the entire process of us developing. So it's going to be a slightly longer show. We're going to give you a list. This will be in the show notes. And we're going to give you a rundown of, of everything that we we have, everything you need to buy. And some things that could be extra if you want to go that route. We'll have links. Yes. But as we go, we will show you exactly what to get. And mm -hmm. all of these things can, well, probably all of these things can be gotten at your local photo store, your local shop. Mm -hmm. If they don't have them there or if you don't have a local photoshop you can get them from you know de dedicated like stores online like freestyle photo adorama bnh and a lot of the stuff can be gotten at the film photography project as well mm -hmm. so we're gonna pick up kind of where you the photographer would leave off so you shot your role <laughs> so rather than uh rather than sending it off to the to the lab you now have a role and so what you need to do is get that film out of the roll onto reels and into a developing tank. So to do that, you need not a dark room, but a changing bag. Yes. And a changing bag is a black lightproof bag that you shove everything into and you work in there. Yes. 
which sounds daunting. So what you probably should do is figure out a way to do that in the daylight. But before we get to that, you need to know what to get. So apart from the dark bag, you need, with the roll of film, if it's a 35 millimeter roll, you need what's called a leader retriever. This is a piece of, well, two pieces of curved metal that you shove into the cassette and you can pull out the film. There's lots of YouTube videos on this. It's actually infuriating sometimes, but it's actually pretty easy once you get the hang yes. of it. Uh, I still have issues with it. You do. Yeah. And it's it's really kind of adorable. <laughs> you need developing tanks, and those often come with reels. You can get the dark bag for about 24 bucks, the leader retriever for about 10 bucks. Scissors are, you know, just steal your mom's scissors or whatever. And the dev tank and reels comes about 35 bucks. Yes. And we have, again, links in the show notes to all of these. A little trick that I do, after you, once you, you know, watch a video on how to pull out the film, I would pull out just a tiny bit and then just trim off that, um, the leader part right away. Do you, do you do that? Really? I don't do that. Yeah, because I haven't, I have a problem with when I'm trimming in the bag, getting the trim correctly. I don't like to cut right through the sprocket holes. Because I definitely think, if, especially if you're going to be using plastic reels, which we're going to be talking about soon, it can kind of trip you up when you're trying to feed it through it. I have a sneaky little trick for that. Oh, do you? Yeah. All right. I have a sneaky little trick. And we will get there in a moment because it's very exciting <laughs> in a you know kind of dull sort of way. So let's put everything in the back. Yes. Okay. So you have your developing tank, the reels, mm-hmm. and the film. Got to put my film mm-hmm. in there. And scissors. Got my scissors. Okay. So, let's zip up the bags. And this is obviously after you've practiced loading your film on a reel in daylight. I want to say that when I started taking photography class in high school, I have a very, very vivid memory of learning how to do that in the daylight. I remember the day, I remember it was raining, and I remember sitting there and doing it over and over again, and then closing my eyes and trying to do it, and then going in the bag and trying to do it. So if you do have a bunk roll of 35 that you can practice on, uh, I would highly recommend it. And if you don't, maybe, possibly, don't tell Eric, but maybe like an expired roll of film that you know that is probably Mm. not going to work, pull that out and practice with it. Yeah, it's all a good idea. Or, you know, conversely, if you have a developed roll of film. That hasn't been trimmed down, yeah. That hasn't been trimmed down, or even the one that has, just to kind of get it worked on the leader, so you can can figure that Mm -hmm. out. Okay, so I'm pulling the film in the dark bag out of the cassette. And getting it all the way out, and it stops. Okay, so you're at the end. So at that end, you take your scissors, and you cut the film off. Now, here's my little trick. So you've got the film cut off from the cassette. Now, how I do that is I put a finger between the cassette and the scissors, and I snip. And the reason I do that is because I reuse the cassettes for bulk loading. Now, you may not do that. That's fine. Just It's an easy way to do it. So here's the trick. Take the scissors and cut the corners off of the end that you trimmed. Cut the corners off. Just, you know, a little snip snip. And that will help you get the film on the reels so much easier. So interesting that you do that because I do not, I do not do it that way. I do not pull out my film all the way. I leave it in the cassette. Okay, you load like gram loads. I do not do that. 
And I don't know why I don't do that. But yes, that is also a very valid way. Well, me and Graham are just like two peas in a pod over here. <laughs> in that case, though, you can also, you can still trim the corners. Yes. The, the trick still The trick does still work. I actually keep my film in the cassette and I pull a little at a t- pull a little bit at a time. And then I start to load it onto the reel and then pull a little bit more and then start to load. And I, I do that because I don't like my hands actually <laughs> get real. I get really nervous. And so they can get a little like hot and sticky. You have, you have sweaty I do. <laughs> I know that's so attractive, but yes, I do. And that just like helps me uh, keep my film with not a bunch of fingerprints on it. So either way works, but you don't have to do it like Eric and you definitely don't have to do it like me, but you have to find a way. <laughs> that said, a bit of fingerprints on your film prior to developing doesn't seem to matter. The developer will wash off the fingerprints. Yes, for the most part. For the most part. So once you get it on the reel, and this will be after you practice and all that, once you get it on the reel, put the reel on the spindle, and put the spindle in the tank, and put the, put the inside lid, there's a name for it, but I just put the inside lid, clip that in place, put the actual lid on it, and then you're done. Your, your film is in a light safe container, the tank, and you take your arms out of the bag, you unzip the bag, and you have your tank ready to be developed. So Eric, you said that you have a little inside cover before you put the lid on. So what tank are you using? I'm using a Patterson tank. What tank are you using? I'm using an Omega tank. Okay, I've never used an Omega tank. It doesn't have that, but basically the same. So yeah, there's different kinds of tanks. I think we have a link uh, for the Patterson Universal tank. Uh, Those seem to be the most popular. Uh, the ones that I learned on, but really any plastic tank will have the, basically the same same concept. Yeah, it'll come with two reels, and those are adjustable. So you can do thirty five millimeter, you can do one twenty, and you can do one twenty seven. All right. Okay. Before we start developing, we have to know what we're developing. So, like we ask every episode, Vanya, what are you developing? I forgot. <laughs> you are developing Fulpan four hundred. I am. I was gonna. I have it labeled on the. Um... A sticker with uh-huh. washi tape. I'm sure. I do. So I'm actually uh-huh. going to just stick it on my tank. Because okay. what That's I'm going to do, do well. is end up sticking it onto the negative sleeve when I'm done too. Because I don't seem to have a problem with that. No. That's awesome. That's a great way to do things. Yes. So Eric, what are you developing today? Oh, thank you for asking. <laughs> I'm developing Ilford Delta 3200. Ooh. Where'd you get that? I think I got it from you. You did. <laughs> okay, so now that we both know what films we shot, which is something we probably just should know, <laughs> we have to figure out how to develop them. That means we need to pick a developer. There are lots and lots of developers to choose from, which is what kind of confused me about black and white to begin with. So we're going to give you two choices. Uh, if you already have one that you wanted to try, go for that. The two choices that we're using are Rodanol and HC110. I'm using Rodanol. And I'm using HC110. Or actually, the off-brand from Legacy Pro. Sometimes on film, that gives you, on the, on the packaging, it tells you the formulas. But if it doesn't, you can go to a website called Massive Dev Chart. We'll have a link to that. You can put in the film that you're using and the developer that you're using, and a chart will come up with different formulations for that. There are some choices to make, but it's all pretty straightforward. I actually use the app on my phone. 
So tell us about the app real quick. Okay, so it's $9, and honestly, I think this is probably the only app I've ever paid for, and it is money well spent. It's Good. got basically everything that you have online, but it's on your phone, and it comes with a timer. So you can do your whole entire thing without using a stopwatch or anything. It's just there on your phone. Another really cool thing that you can do is it has a volume mixer. So with HC110 and Rodanol, you're going to pick what concentrate you're going to use in your water. On the app, it'll do the basic math for you because I don't want to. So it just makes things a lot easier. So my development time is seven minutes and all I have to do is press start and it gives you development, stop bath, fixing time, and then there's a hypo clear and final wash on this as well. With Rodanol, it's very similar. One trick you can do is write the formulations on the bottle, which is what I do. <laughs> I am using the dilution 1 plus 25, which is a pretty strong dilution of Rodanol. Again, this, is, it's, this can get a little weird and fuzzy because it's, it's different for everything. Don't let that stop you. Sit down with it and figure it out. You got this. I mean, lots and lots of people have developed film. One, one thing we start with is pre-wash. And so what that is, is basically washing your film. If you're using 35 millimeter, I always go with 500 milliliters of everything for 35 millimeter film, just because it, you make sure you cover it all. Mm -hmm. So start by pouring 500 milliliters into the tank. Now, how do you know you have 500 milliliters? Well, you got to get yourself a graduated pitcher and you can get yourself a graduated pitcher from any of the photo stores and all of that. And just swirl it around in there. What do you recommend? I actually have a two liter. Well, I have several, but I, I normally just use my two liter. I like a one liter because okay. I don't do a big batch of film. Mm -hmm. And my, my tanks are only one liter tanks, so I can never get more than that. And the tank we recommend is a 600 milliliter tank, I think. So you're never going to need more than... A thousand milliliters for that but again it's your choice if you want to go big go big <laughs> and so i use a 10 milliliter syringe and you can get these from various places online and so i stick the syringe in the bottle and i suck up 10 milliliters in this case put it in my water the 500 ish milliliters of water technically 480 milliliters of water and then my developer is ready to go so I basically do the same thing, but I use one of Marley's old um, medicine droppers when she was little. So it's only a five mil, uh, but it does oh. the trick. I just have to do the math. Not a big deal. So my developer is ready. I've already mixed mine and okay. I've been pre-soaking. So I'm going to dump out my pre-soak. Me too. So, okay, what you do is I pour the developer into the tank as quickly as possible. And what's nice about the Patterson tanks is that you can really pour it in quickly. Yeah, the the steel ones kind of have that really small hole. And you, I, I actually oh. have to tilt mine over a little and just kind of yeah. get it in there, right? Uh, so you pour it in there and you put the lid on and then you do inversion. So that is flipping the tank upside down and back. Um, I do it about 20 seconds right at first. And then generally speaking, every minute, so every minute on the minute, I do the inversions four times. So on the app, it's, it actually tells you to agitate for the whole first uh, minute, but okay. I do about 30 seconds. And then after okay. that, I kind of tap my tank just in case there's any bubbles in there, so anything will rise up. Uh, and then every every minute on the minute, it's another you know three or four inversions, basically for ten seconds, and that's it. 
Okay. And the reason for the inversions is to sort of refresh the chemicals because the chemicals resting against the emulsion, developing it, they kind of expire. Uh, doing the inversions refreshes all of it, keeps things going. One thing we forgot to mention, and this is, this is important, is you need to get your chemicals up to temperature. And for black and white, the temperature is super easy. Like you said before, it was 20 degrees centigrade mm -hmm. or 68 degrees Fahrenheit. And that's roughly room temperature. Your chemicals should be pretty easy to get to that, but get yourself a thermometer. And we do have one listed on, on the show notes for $4. It's uh, okay. It's fine. So one thing to keep in mind as far as develop uh, developers, what film do you use? Do you use a particular film all the time? I would check the massive dev chart and kind of work with the numbers. Um, we're recommending these two developers because they just make financial sense. Again, I'm saying that this is my word. It's not absolutely, it's financial sense this time. <laughs> you have it in concentrate and then you just add as you go. It really just makes things so much easier and I'm really loving the results. I do Rodinol and HC110 right now. I don't worry about my chemicals going bad. It's just really, really nice. So yeah. check to see, you know, if you're using HP5 a lot or anything in particular, check the times for the developers that we recommended and see if this works for you. Yes, that's why we like Rodinol and HC110. I think that's why we recommend it is because you mix as you go a little bit at a time and both have amazing shelf lives when they're in their bottle, in the original bottle. Mm -hmm. um, the, bottle the bottle that I'm using is from the 1980s. It doesn't go bad. It's really <laughs> great stuff. And the new HC110 batches are more liquidy. Uh, they used to be a lot thicker. And yes. now it's no longer a syrup and it makes things so much nicer. So guess what, Eric? What, Vanya? I poured my developer out and I'm using a stop bath because I'm trying to be good and do the right thing. <laughs> Let's talk about that because actually it's one thing we don't have in the show notes. When your development time is up, you, with both of these, you pour out the developer, just dump it in the sink. It's fine. It's safe. A lot of times they recommend pouring it out 10 seconds before your alarm goes off. I do not do that. I do that. Um, it's not a big deal unless you have like really short development times. But yeah, I would say if it was like a three or four minute developing time, then maybe I would think about doing that. Yeah. So we've talked on the podcast before about stop baths. I think we had a whole episode about stop baths. Uh, we are we are both using acid stop baths, and we will add that link to the show notes as well. The stop baths that we use. I use a vinegar stop bath, and I'm not sure what you use. You just use like a regular acid stop, right? I do. Okay. It's yellow and smells fantastic. So after you pour it out, you're still developing. You then pour the stop bath in the, uh, in the develop, uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> a little peek behind the scenes. I develop in the bathroom and the bathroom is where Juniper's cat box, her litter box is. Oh, fun. And she, uh, she just used it. Oh, that's for, nice. Yeah. I am choking to death right now. <laughs> Uh, Thanks, I Drew. forgot that you can't like close doors in your house. Nope, she freaks out. So, oh god. Okay. <laughs> now I don't use a mask or ventilation for developing, but I think this might change my mind. So I've, I'm about to uh, <laughs> getting back on track. I'm about to pour out my developer, and I will talk about the stop bath process here. Okay. Um, so it's ten seconds to go. Pouring out my dev and immediately adding the stop bath. 
your stop bath should be at the same temperature as your developer and add it. And then I do inversions and then let it sit there for, I don't know, 30 seconds, I guess. I actually just looked at my bottle. I use just Kodak Professional Indicator Stop Bath, which will tell you when it goes bad, which is kind of cool. Yes, that's the nice thing about indicator stops, is that they will tell you. On the app, it tells you to um, use your stop bath for a minute. Usually, I don't use a stop bath. I just use water. So I actually fill the tank and like agitate, pour it out, and then fill the tank again, agitate. So it usually takes about a minute. And so once you're done with the stop bath, if you're using an acid stop, you do pour that back in the bottle. Yes, you can reuse it. Pour your stop bath back into the bottle. And now it's time for fixer. Start my timer. And I fix for five minutes. Uh, You could probably do it a little longer than that. There isn't a... Well, I guess there might be something as, as too long of a fix, but it takes a while to get there. Yeah, I, when my fixer goes bad, I've noticed my film turns like kind of like a brownish tinge, and I've had to, yeah. once it's drying, I've noticed it and had to refix it for a couple more minutes, and that's when you kind of know when your fixer is going bad, but yeah. it takes a while. So what the fixer does is it clears your film. It, it takes the, the silver out of it, and it makes it, well, it makes it not light sensitive anymore, for one, and then it kind of finishes it. So it, it just, you think of it as a finisher. Yes. Uh, and so you handle it the same way you handle developing. You agitate for the first 20 seconds or so, and then every minute, because again, you're refreshing the chemicals. And so we use, I think we both use, Ilford Rapid Fix. There's a lot of different fixtures out there, and they all kind of do the same thing. Yes, I use usually Ilford... use Rapid Fix, um, and okay. it's the same concept as the uh, indicator stop bath and the developer. It's a concentrate that you dilute. So you only use a little bit. So what you do when you get your fixer and your stop bath is you have to buy one liter containers, uh, one liter or one quart containers. And you can can buy them from the photo stores. They're, I think, five bucks a piece for an empty bottle. Or you can reuse water bottles or any kind of soda bottles, whatever, just so it's a liter. It doesn't matter what you reuse. And it's probably the best idea to reuse. As with a stop bath, when you're done fixing, you pour it back into the, the bottle you keep reusing your fixer. Yes. So funnel is an important tool to have. Now, some people will pour back into the graduated. I do not do that. Uh, I don't know if I'm reckless or just really good at pouring things. I am about ready to pour out my fixer. Now, again, you put the fixer back in the fixer bottle. You do not pour it down the drain. And actually, that's really important. Do not pour your fixer down the drain. Not a good thing. No. Okay, so now I have to wash. And we both use the Ilford washing method. What that requires us to do is to fill up the tank with water. I use distilled water for this uh, because my tap water uh, sucks. But you can use tap water if your tap water doesn't suck. Fill up the tank and I invert it five times and I dump it out. And you can dump this water down the drain. And then fill it up again and invert it ten times and dump that out again. And... Let's do it again. What this does is it washes your container, which is important, and it washes your film, which is even more important. So once you're done with this, your containers and your film will be clean. So no extra cleaning is involved. Yay! So the last one, I fill it up again, and I will invert it 20 times, 
And then we are almost done. At this point, our film... Yeah, it's not light sensitive anymore. Technically, it's not light sensitive after you pour the fixer in, but I would say maybe wait a few minutes. If you're a little worried maybe about your fixer not doing its job, you can open the tank after you've been fixing for a few minutes. Or just wait till you're done washing. And no, don't spoil the surprise, man. (laughs) Eric really likes surprises, by the way. I do. (laughs) Surprise me, guys. I have now inverted it 5, 10, 15, and 20 times with fresh water each time. And I am ready to do the final washing step, which is something that not everybody does. And that's okay. I have a bucket of water prepared. This is distilled water again. And inside that bucket, I put one or two drops of Kodak's PhotoFlow. Okay, so what PhotoFlow does is it breaks the surface tension of the water and allows your film to be dried without spots. And it allows it to dry a little more quickly. And it also, as we'll find, allows you to wipe it with chem wipes more easily. You can use a very small drop of dish detergent to get the same effect. Though I do recommend PhotoFlow because... You're going to the store and if you want to do it right, do that. I mean, you don't technically need to get it, but you're there. Now I'm done. I'm done. I am ready to pull my film out of the reels and just look at look at it in all of its glory. <laughs> and I have a whole roll of wonderful photos that I will share with you guys. I'm really excited about it. So we hang our film on hangers. Basically, any way you can clip your film to something is a good thing. I use a coat hanger and binder clips mm-hmm. that you use like at the office. Uh, you can also use clips you get at the photo store as well. It's made specifically for photos. Yes. I have um, some Patterson clips and they punch a hole in my negatives on the top. So when I'm cleaning them off, they don't slide off like Eric's does. That's <laughs> true. The way to wipe off your film. Uh, a lot of people use squeegees. Uh, for some reason, I just can't nail that. I've been using um, Kimtech wipes. You can get them at photo stores. I use two wipes. So I just grab two wipes in my hand and then I fold it like hot dog. I say hot dog hamburger. So I fold them hot dog and then fold them in half. And then I basically use my fingers as tension and I just slide them, slide them down the negatives one time and then I let them dry on its own. I, for some reason, seem to have good results with that. I don't ever get water stains. One little tip, if you're worried about lint, like maybe if you have animals, like I have two dogs, a really good way to reduce that, run your shower with the door closed on really hot till it gets very steamy and then let all that steam settle the dust. And now that your negatives are hanging, they will dry shortly. And once they are dry, a good tip is to scan them as soon as you possibly can. Because the, the shorter the time between drying and scanning, the less lint you have on your, on your photos. Correct. And honestly, this is technically the first step to like basically doing everything on your own. So uh, step number one is developing film. Step number two is either scanning or if you are um, have a dark room at home, then you're hopefully be printing. Yeah, that's true. I do not have that, but you um, are on your way to having that. Yeah, the camera, the negative, the print. <laughs> that does sound somewhat familiar. <laughs> 
Oh, hold on. Bodhi wants to come back inside. Okay, come on in, Bodhi. I guess not. I think he just wants to bark. Eh, that's okay, too. I get it. Oh, one last thing. Always want to make sure that you put a clip on the bottom as well. Oh, yeah, you need a weight. Yes. Some kind of weight. A clip. I use the large binder clips. And I'll, we'll post pictures of all of that, too, I'm sure. When they're dry, your, your negatives are done. Uh, you, you should, after scanning our guest before, you can cut them up and use the print file sleeves. We have links for those as well. Make sure to write all of that information on those negative sleeves. Sometimes I can be kind of lazy about that. <laughs> it's not good. Definitely write everything you can. Remember the camera, where you took them, especially where you take them, because once they're in the sleeves, they all look the same. And Yeah, be organized. You know, it's okay. So let's talk cost here. It, it'll vary between where you're getting these things and, and exactly what you're buying. But if you, if you do the bare minimum, Set all of this up, it'll cost you around $110, $120, which, yes, that's a considerable amount. It, it really is. It's not a small thing. But this is equipment, with the exception of the chemicals, that you'll be using for years. Yes. And actually, if you're using Rotanol... <laughs> for literal years, if not decades. <laughs> with, right. For Your first roll, though, is going to cost you, to defray all the costs of all the equipment will cost you about $2 a roll to develop. But since you get to keep all that equipment, after that, you'll really only be paying for the chemicals. The Rotanol and the fixer, and I guess the stop bath, but those last for a very long time, and the stop bath is definitely optional. And that'll cost you around $0.40 cents to $0.50 cents a roll to develop. Now, most labs, and, you know, of course, labs should be kept in business, but most labs, they'll cost you what, around 10 bucks a roll. It's a really good idea to learn how to do this. It's just a good, a good thing to know. Yeah, now since we're all kind of sheltering in place, what a wonderful time to um, to learn this. And I get maybe making the best of a pandemic isn't the best way to put it, but if your biggest problem is you're learning how to develop film, it's okay to be okay. It's a good way to keep hopefully being creative and maybe doing some fun roles, shooting in indoors and developing and just keep shooting if you, you know, can't necessarily shoot street photography right now. You can, you can, you know, try to venture off of what you normally shoot and try still life and use natural yeah. light through windows and just experiment with developing and practice using your reels while you're binging on Netflix. <laughs> and that brings us really to our next episode, which will kind of deal with how you stay creative while being locked inside your house. It's tough to uh, try to try to keep all those things going. And honestly, creativity kind of helps you stay sane a, a little bit. So yeah. we're going to kind of talk more in depth about that in the next episode of All Through a Lens. But for now, I guess... You have just learned how to develop your own film. Congratulations. Pat yourselves on the backs, all of you. For getting through this entire episode. Because <laughs> we sure are. <laughs> so until next time, thank you for tuning in. We love you. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.